0: This episode is sponsored in part by LaunchDarkly. Take a look at what it takes to get your code into production. I'm going to just guess that it's awful because it's always awful. No one loves their deployment process. What if launching new features didn't require you to do a full-on code and possibly infrastructure deploy? What if you could test on a small subset of users and then roll it back immediately if results aren't what you expect? LaunchDarkly does exactly this. To learn more, visit LaunchDarkly.com and tell them Corey sent you and watch for the wince. Good morning, AWS, and welcome to the AWS Morning Brief. I'm cloud economist Corey Quinn, and what a week of announcements that we've had, mostly not from AWS. First and foremost, and most selfishly related to me, if you're into selling things for a living and are open to a change, you might consider talking to us here at the Duckbill Group. We're hiring an account executive role. Visit duckbillgroup.com and look at the careers page for more on that. Next, speaking of job things, Andy Jassy starts as Amazon's next CEO tomorrow because it's the best way that he could devise to both remain working at Amazon but also have to deal with me and the trouble that I cause far, far less. The unfortunate soul who inherits the Corey Quinn problem is Adam Salipsky. Lastly, The release of AWS Infinidash last week took the internet by storm. There's a lot of content that's been released on it. There's a whole GitHub repository curating all the Infinidash content. There's a bunch of videos. A number of prominent AWS execs have been talking about it. And what makes AWS Infinidash basically unique is two interesting aspects. The AWS community has embraced it, and begun promoting it heavily across the board. And secondly, the service itself isn't actually real. More to come on that later this week. Now let's see what official announcements happened last week at AWS. AWS Glue DataBrew adds support for backslash delimiter in CSV datasets. What the hell was it doing before? If you'll excuse me for a minute, I have to go run some data integrity checks immediately. AWS IQ now supports attachments. This solves a big problem for AWS IQ, not for its customers, but for the service itself. Specifically, it stops driving expert and client pairs to communicate via a side channel where they will invariably cut the AWS IQ middleman service out of the loop. AWS Lambda now supports SASL plane authentication for functions triggered from self-managed Apache Kafka. Lambda begrudgingly grows the ability to accept passwords from Kafka. How banks can use AWS to meet compliance. This is a super useful dive for banking customers. I'm eagerly awaiting the follow-up article. How to explain the architecture diagrams full of AWS services feeding back into themselves repeatedly to an auditor who's actively contemplating failing your audit and then immediately rage quitting. Overview of data transfer costs for common architectures. This is awesome, except for the part where it doesn't discuss exactly what the relative transfer costs are for the various flows. That's why I still kind of prefer my own handy diagram at duckbillgroup.com slash resources. Prime Day 2021. Two chart-topping days. The worst part of this post is the tidbit about normalized instances that Amazon uses internally. This is a cloud economics anti-pattern that I keep encountering and never understood where it was coming from. Amazon. It was coming from Amazon the whole time. Hosting hugging face models on AWS Lambda for serverless inference. Once upon a time, I used to make snide comments like, combine machine learning and serverless in one slide deck and you'll raise a $20 million seed round on hype alone. Yesterday's joke has become today's nightmare. Introducing new self-paced courses to improve Java and Python code quality with Amazon CodeGuru. This is slightly disappointing. I thought this was a way to use CodeGuru to learn how to code more effectively. I'm being completely serious here when I say there is a driving customer desire for exactly that thing. This episode is sponsored in part by our friends at Chaos Search. You could run Elasticsearch or Elastic Cloud or Open Search, as they're calling it now, or a self-hosted Elk stack. But why? Chaos Search gives you the same API you've come to know and tolerate, along with unlimited data retention and no data movement. Just throw your data into S3 and proceed from there as you would expect. This is great for IT operations folks, for app performance monitoring, cybersecurity. If you're using Elasticsearch, consider not running Elasticsearch. They're also available now in the AWS Marketplace. If you'd prefer not to go direct and have half of whatever you pay them count toward your EDP commitment, discover what companies like HubSpot, Klarna, Equifax, Armor Security, and Blackboard already have. To learn more, visit chaossearch.io and tell them I sent you just so you can see them facepalm yet again. Use AWS Code Commit to mirror an Azure DevOps repository using an Azure DevOps pipeline. This will be super helpful for the hordes of customers who are using Azure's cloud offerings, but prefer to keep their code in AWS instead of GitHub. How AWS Partners Can Determine AWS Support Plans in an Organization The fact that this is complicated enough to warrant a blog post notwithstanding, the real gem in this article is that one of AWS's two reseller models is Solution Provider Account Model, or SPAM. Yes. Yes, there's a whole bunch of AWS resellers whose model is clearly email spamming people into submission. Come on, Amazon, at least make me work for the snark sometimes. Speaking of weird partners... How UCL migrated its Moodle virtual learning environment to the cloud in 10 weeks. The real story is hidden midway down the post. UCL flew a plane load of diamonds to an AWS partner and told them to fix it, fix it, fix it now. The partner apparently obliged, probably by making its staff work days, nights, weekends, and more, and they hit the window. Presumably not like a bird. Library and Archives Canada helps better preserve Canadian history by embracing the cloud. Oh, come on. If you really want to preserve history, you embrace the data center instead, preferably one that houses a mainframe. U.S. Navy deploys DevSecOps environment in AWS secret region to deliver new capabilities to its sailors. While I'm tempted to go with the obvious, the real secret is that the Navy bought in on the DevSecOps buzzword nonsense, the far more sobering fact is that this post uses the phrase, delivering synchronized lethal and non-lethal effects. Heavy. And lastly, AWS Verified, Episode 6, a conversation with Rini Sandi of Autodesk. There's apparently a podcast wherein people get to talk about their security models with AWS's CISO. I can't seem to find the form to suggest guests. Does anyone want to inflict me upon Steve Schmidt so I can demonstrate the horrifying security tricks I use in my environment? And that's what happened last week in AWS. I'm cloud economist Corey Quinn, and I implore you to continue making... Good choices. This has been a humble pod production. Stay humble.